Coming up, this is a Disney Halloween crossover episode with Disney Coast to Coast. From HAN, I'm Philip, and this is day 42 of our 61 Day Hauntathon, where we're counting down to Halloween by visiting a different haunt every day here on the show. Today is Wednesday, October 12th, and there are only 19 days until Halloween. Remember that the best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our free weekly industry newsletter at the link in our show notes. Today, it's a crossover episode. I recorded this episode with Jeff DePauly for Disney Coast to Coast. Disney Coast to Coast is an entertaining and informative podcast about anything and everything related to the Walt Disney Company. Now, it's no secret that I'm a Disney geek, and if you are as well, take a moment to subscribe to Disney Coast to Coast. That's Disney with a Z. I listen every week. In this episode, Jeff and I discuss Halloween at every Disney property around the world, and I rank my favorites. Here we go. Welcome to Disney Coast to Coast, a show celebrating and questioning one of the most beloved entertainment companies in the world through honest, passionate, and clear-eyed Disney discussions. I'm Jeff DePauly, your entertainment-obsessed host with rose-colored glasses removed. Today on the show, my friend Phil from the Haunted Attraction Network is joining me to discuss his personal Halloween favorites from Disney parks around the world. Phil works in the themed entertainment industry, and through the years, he's been lucky enough to visit each Disney resort during the Halloween season. So, listen as we discuss his favorite elements, going from the resort he was least impressed with up to his favorite Halloween celebration at a Disney park. Which resort and theme park do you think will get the number one spot? Find out right now. It's time to dive into today's Disney Dialogue. Hello, Philip Hernandez. Welcome to Disney Coast to Coast for this first time ever from the Haunted Attraction Network. How's it going, my friend? Oh my gosh, I am so delighted to be here with my favorite podcast host. <laughs> You're such a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, this is uh, wow. You're laughing a little. You're laughing a little too hard there, Phil. Uh, but this is your busy time of year. It is the Halloween season. Are you exhausted yet? Because I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because people. I think people that aren't in the industry, you know, they always they come up to both of us. I, I've noticed, and they'll they'll be like, "Halloween is like your Christmas," or they'll say, "Like, aren't you just so happy right now?" And I'm like. I don't know how to answer that question because, like, I don't want to be rude, but also, like, uh, I'm so stressed. I think I might have a nervous breakdown if, like, one thing goes wrong. <laughs> so that's my. <laughs> yeah, I, it's one of those things. Like, don't get me wrong. I love that. It's my favorite time of year. I love it. Yeah. But I think the thing that people don't get, uh, people probably from the outside looking in, see us going to a lot of media events for free, which mm-hmm. is really lovely, right? Like, it's a, it's a great mm-hmm. perk. But yeah. We're working when we're there, yeah. and it doesn't yeah. mean we're not enjoying any of it. 
but it does mean we're working and it's just it's not as glamorous as everyone might think but listen we're spoiled brats and um shouldn't complain about it especially you (laughs) speaking of spoiled brats mister has gone to every single disney park around the world during the halloween season that is why you're here today because i certainly haven't done that and i want to talk to you about some of your favorite things from the Disney parks around the world for Halloween, because each resort celebrates the holiday very, very differently. And I kind of want to do this in an order of preference. We're going to start with your least favorite to your favorite. And where does this start for you? Okay, so since we're ranking these by least, um, I think my least favorite is tied between Disneyland Paris and Shanghai Disney. I'm just going to kick Shanghai to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to the bottom. Uh, so we'll start with Shanghai Disney. And I'm going to preface this by saying last time I was there was 2019. For yes, I should say you were, this is not like everything you've done this year. You've over the yes, years, yes. you've gone to the yes. different resorts. So, you know, things change, things update. And exactly. So just keep that in mind. But still, I think yeah. interesting and they all have a general feel. Yes. Now, now Shanghai has added a few elements to their Halloween since I have gone. So I'm going to just preface all that. You know, I, I looked at the, the Donald cavalcade. It, it looks like I would have enjoyed that kind of thing. Um, but when I was there, it was mainly decoration and it wasn't very much decoration and they did a few activations with the pirates. So I'm going to say, I think my, the call out thing for me for that resort would be the decor and the live pirates that come out into the cove and kind of talk with, with guests that happens just all day, just normal, normal day. Um, that's what I experienced and I enjoyed that. And I also, you have to keep in mind too, that Halloween is very different in mainland China. And that is, uh, we don't want to get into that. It's probably like five other podcasts and a book, but <laughs> the the short the short version is every anything that is kind of Halloween you know it has to be approved, um but you know by the by the government all content there has to be approved basically, and so a lot that a lot of the stuff that is 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 Halloween for us like spirits and and evil creatures and like zombies and all that that stuff that that uh, they won't approve so it's really more like realistic items like jack o' lanterns and pirates. Those are real things, you know, so they kind of stay away from a lot of that unless it is like a specifically uh, Chinese uh, ghost story of which there are a few. But but that's so, that, so that it, it's, it's a little different, too, because the it's not like they can do whatever they want. They can't do the same things as they do at the other resorts just because uh, it, everything needs to get approved content wise. So so, you know, I'll give them a little bit of slack. So I'm like, eh. is that one of the resorts that doesn't have a haunted mansion? I can't remember for that very reason. I know that at Hong Kong, it is the Phantom Manor. Manor. Or Mystic Manor, yeah. Phantom Manor is at Paris. Paris. Yeah, so I think uh, Shanghai might have no Haunted Mansion, just like... Or Tokyo has one, but it's in Fantasyland, because they're... Basically, what you just said—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a fantasy. Yeah. It's not real. Um, I, I believe yeah. Shanghai doesn't have one, correct? I, I'm seeing only Shanghai Disneyland does not have a haunted mansion type ride. Okay, it just doesn't have one. Yeah, yeah. So for for that reason, so they are leaning into the pumpkins and pirates. It sounds like, yeah, and the, the real any real items. Yeah, and, and so you'll still see that the, the I, I call it the basic decor package that we see 
that started over here on the West Coast, right, where the, the main street is always kind of decked out in the same way. And that is a, that is a commonality. If there's ever a main street USA anywhere or, you know, or a Avenue. main street you yeah. know, or Mickey Avenue, th- those are all it's a general decor package of, you know, the same pumpkins that we see. Um, interestingly, also, some of the same jack lanterns almost look the same <laughs> as we will have here. So it's very so I know that at Disneyland Park specifically, that's Main Street is mostly where the Halloween decor is. Yeah, it leaks into Frontierland a little bit and stuff. Is Shanghai the same way? It doesn't really go into the other land so much? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. So that's at the bottom of the list. It was a, let's face it, when you went, it was what, two years old? It was still a baby park. So yeah. it, what did you say? What's the new thing they got? A Donald cavalcade or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they have, it looks like they're experimenting now with, with cavalcades and some characters and, and food, things like that. You know, um, it really was not a thing that was played up at all. I mean, it was like, I had to go hunt down. Like I was like, I see it. I was one of the things where I'm like, I have the, the English version of the map, which is not translated very good. And I think that these are the Halloween things, but I'm not sure. And I had to ask cast members and they were also unsure because they were like, what is Halloween? And I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. Really? Right. So, so wait a sec. So Main Street couldn't have been decked out all that much. No, 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 no. No, when I was there, it really, it really was... A couple jack-o'-lanterns. No giant Mickey pumpkin in town square or anything. No, 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 no. All right. It was very minimal. And it seems like they are adding more in now. Uh, But that's, again, it's a baby park. And also, you know, it's it's, it's just very different. It's a very different culture, specifically on on mainland. Uh, You also said toward the bottom of your list was the Disneyland Paris Resort. Yeah. Now, Disneyland Paris Resort, it's interesting because... I don't think we ever explained, but Halloween is like my beat, right? So, so I, I study Halloween in, in all of its different like uh, connotations, right? So it's, it's just interesting because in Europe, it's still not as much. You would think it would be a really big scene, but really it's not as big by, by far as the U.S. And, and that's because, again, the, the cultural differences there, um, you know, Halloween is just not celebrated in the same way in Europe as it is here, uh, d- despite it being so close, you know, it, m- much closer culturally than than Asia. So it's it's weird because Asia al- celebrates Halloween almost more, I would argue, in 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 the the festival type of atmosphere than than Europe. But anyway, so that's the preface to say that um, Disneyland Paris, I feel like they're one where really should be doing more with Halloween, but they don't do as much. And from my reporting and discussions with the team there, it really is is for that reason that culturally the guests like don't want a Halloween festival. And it's like they need to do it because it's Disney, but also the guests don't want it. So you'll see that's why they have a Halloween party. But even now this year, it's only two days. You know, so can uh. you imagine like, like Oogie Boogie Bash, but it's only two days. And, and, and that's it. That's their, that's their Halloween party. And I do think the best thing of Disneyland Paris is really their Mickey's Halloween celebration parade. That's, that was the parade when I went to it. And what makes it so interesting to me was how it was like, it, you know, it's called Mickey's Halloween celebration parade, but how, but there, there was a, a whole float that was like a corn, like a, a cornucopia, like a Thanksgiving cornucopia. And there were like the costumes were like uh, there was a turkey, you know, there was a there, there's a cast member dressed as a turkey. There was 
cast members that were just dressed like they were like autumn leaves and and harvesty was just very like there wasn't a lot there wasn't it was it was very like uh just again atypical like not for our halloween how we would you know we have the the grave diggers and we have all they have guest dresses leaves and 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 turkeys and it's a whole different experience and i but i will also say though their costumes gorgeous and it's the same true they have a smaller stage show there as well disneyland paris and you know they have just very theatrical very detailed gorgeous costumes that are you know, we, I think we don't see as much in some of our parades. I mean, their their cornucopia girls have the full the full dresses, like the old time dresses with the wire, where they like float as they move around, and and um, yeah, their their Ursula was just gorgeous. I mean, they had just really gorgeous, fantastic costumes, but also, you know, one would argue not really Halloween, more like harvest celebration. Yes, it's very fall festival feeling, and mm-hmm. it reminds me. I mean, there are a lot of people in the United States who aren't really into Halloween because of, you know, they might consider it devil worship and such, you know, religious groups. And a lot of times they'll have like a fall harvest sort of thing, like so that their kids can enjoy the season and festivities in a different way. And that's what it reminds me of. It's very much a fall festival harvest thing. Like you said, it kind of leans into even Thanksgiving a little bit with the giant cornucopia, which is interesting. I will say, I I find it fascinating that they only celebrated for a couple days. So like they're kind of back in 1980s USA Halloween. We're like, yeah, you know, the Halloween was celebrated the weekend before and the day of, and that was about it. And it's funny because any friend or acquaintance I have overseas, no matter where they're from, they're always jealous of Halloween in the United States. Like, because they mm-hmm. see it in pop culture, right? Like, mm-hmm. they know that the movie Halloween exists, although it has different titles in different countries because they don't really know what Halloween is a lot of the time. And, yep. you know, just because they don't, do it the way that we do doesn't mean they're not aware of it. And a lot of times they tend to be jealous of it and say, oh, we got to come to the States for Halloween. And I'm always like, yes, you should. It's the best time of the year. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What, what I will say, too, is what's interesting about Paris in particular is I really do can't stress the costumes enough. I do feel like they even where they have done Disney villains, they have taken it from a costume approach in a different way. So, for example, Flotsam and Jetsam, you know, they are characters that are there during Halloween. And um, uh, to my knowledge, that's like, I I haven't really ever seen like Flotsam and Jetsam before as like, you know, characters that that are uh, dancing around. And they're done almost like Lion King style where there's like, they're they're holding, like, there's an actor that is dressed all in blue to be like, to, to be like coral reef, right. With, with face paint on and everything. And then they're holding this puppet, you know, that is the eel puppet that they're like waving around. And then you'll see Ursula and Ursula is, you know, on sitting inside of it, like a giant clam. And, and she has these, like her tentacles are all fabricated out of like felt and they, they wave up and down. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's very like, I'm like, Oh, I have really not, not seen the the villains and the characters kind of really manifested physically in these ways before. So it's very, very refreshing. And also I kind of hate to say it also new. I mean, comparatively speaking, I'm sure these, I'm sure they're going to, you know, again, these are newer parks. And so their, their Halloween um, activations are, 
much, much newer. They're more new than what we have in the States. So. Yeah, and that's a daytime parade called Mickey's Halloween Celebration. There is a parade over there called Disney Villains Halloween Celebration Parade. And what I noticed mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, these overseas parks tend to have a daytime and a nighttime, but a lot of times they'll use same floats and just yeah. kind of switch out the characters and the music and the lighting and stuff, which was interesting to me. Do you know, do they do anything at the Walt Disney Studios Park at Disneyland Paris Resort for Halloween? When I was there, they didn't have anything. Okay. Let me ask you this, and this is super minutia, so I'm not actually expecting you to know the answer. But you know how in the States, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror takes place on Halloween. Do you happen to know whether or not the one in Walt Disney Studios Park does as well? Or is that like a story change because they don't celebrate it so much over there? I'd be curious to know that I, I bet you they might have removed that story aspect to it. That would be my guess. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, because when I met there, again, this is sort of true with all the parks, but when I when I met with the design team there, you know, <laughs> kind of the theme I gathered after, uh, you know, talking about the various entertainment aspects is that they were really trying to create like the European version of, of stuff. So they, they were they were like, yeah, we're, we're Disney. But also it has to fit, you know, with, with what it is to be French and what it is to be in Paris. And, and they're just very like, you know, that, that's kind of why they, they want to bring their own flair to things. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and, you know, you, you see that, of course, with the Phantom Manor there, which is gorgeous and incredible, but also very scary comparatively. I mean, you're going into a graveyard and there's there's actual, you know, like undead creatures that are probably, it's very weird. It's like, this is totally a left field. And then you have the, the you go go into the castle and you can see Maleficent like chained up and but she moves around and and breathes you know breathes like mist out at you I mean it's very like there's just a lot of touches little small touches that are uh very interesting directions yeah I love Phantom Manor so much oh my gosh it's incredible it's an incredible ride yeah I, it's I know incredible. it's not Halloween specific but uh, I of the mansions I've done, it's my favorite. I'm obsessed with Phantom Manor. So good. The music alone is incredible. I actually would agree with you. you. You say that as if that's surprising. Well, I mean, Mystic Manor, I count Mystic Manor as well. And Mystic Manor, you know, is a trackless system. So it it, it really, you know, a lot of people like the trackless system in Mystic. Yeah, I, I, tr- I think of Mystic Manor in the same way that I think of, like, Shanghai Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, yeah, they're in the same family, but those aren't the same rides. Like, they're not – you can't really compare them. That's just kind of how I feel about it. But in any case, love Phantom Manor. Let's go next on your list. So there was Shanghai, then Disneyland Paris, then we've got – Tokyo. Tokyo Disney Resort, okay. To Tokyo now, as as and and we started as the least, so we're kind of like in the middle, I think, of from least uh, from worst to best, <laughs> and so so uh, Tokyo, so Tokyo, the the Tokyo Disney Resort is comprised of Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, so just to set that, and there is Halloween activations at both on both sides. the The ones that I think stand out the most to me for Tokyo Disneyland is the Spooky Boo Parade. At Disney Seaside, it's the Festival of Mystique, which is, I I guess it's kind of like the parade, but it's more like a water parade. I mean, it's so so basically the parade's on both ends. Very different culturally. Um, This is another thing, too, where um, they're not exactly, you know, run by Disney. So, again, there's a little bit of a – that's a separate thing. But also culturally, it's just very different. And 
the parade on both ends, it is a big deal. The Spooky Boo Parade is a big deal. It is something that you can, they have a, they have a lottery system for seating for it. So every day you go in and you take your tickets and you scan them into the lottery computer, right? And it like tells you if, whether or not you got, it's a randomized lottery. So it tells you whether or not you got it. Now I know we're not in the USA because that crap would be lightning laned if, uh, if it was the States. <laughs> yes. And it doesn't cost any extra. I mean, just a regular park ticket, you can enter the lottery in for seating. What? What did you just say? At a Disney park? <laughs> Clearly not run by the Walt Disney Corporation. <laughs> Jay Pekka does not have his hands on that park. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Um, it's also, it is, it is like the thing to do. And I can't, let me just, I, to give you perspective, so they assign, so everyone has to be seated. And they assign you a square that is measured out, like a square of concrete that's measured out. And it's measured out so much, in fact, that in the the gift shops, they sell pieces of plastic that are like Halloween branded or, you know, they change them out. So you can put it down like a door, like a placemat that you can put down on your space to sit on. And you have to be contained. Your whole everything has to be contained within that square. And they, you know, they will go around. They'll police it. If you are larger and you don't fit in your square, then they're like, sorry, you know, you need to move to this other area for like larger. It's, it's, I mean, it is very, that kind of stuff is crazy. And also I will just tell you, I didn't get the lottery the day I was there, which means I had to go to stand the standby seating area. And they started seating people into squares four hours before the parade came out. And I sat there like with people and everyone had umbrellas because it was very hot when I went. So everyone had umbrellas and you're sitting there and people have laptops and they're just working. They're just doing their day's work, sitting there for four hours in an umbrella in their tiny, like 12 by 12 foot square of concrete. You know, a lot of them brought butt pillows, which I thought was a very good idea. I didn't have one. So I, but I wish I did, but it it was, so it's a, it's a thing. I'm just like, it's a thing. Okay. A number of things (laughs) there. First of all, they should be selling butt pillows instead of plastic squares. Uh, but also when you say waiting four hours for a parade, the craziest wait for a parade that I've ever seen in my life. Were you at Disneyland for the start of the 60th anniversary celebration? So not the actual 60th birthday, but like the start of the celebration in May. Okay. Mm-mm. I was there that day. It was the premiere of the new World of Color, celebrate the new um, Disneyland Forever fireworks and paint the night. And when the park opened at I think it was like 6 a.m. or something like that, some really early hour, because it was a 24-hour day. People sat for Paint the Night as soon Mm. as the park opened. And I was like... Paint the Night is phenomenal, let me just say. (laughs) It is, but do not sit and wait. That was like 14 hours they were waiting. Like, that's nuts. And I just remember, like, showing up a half hour before... And getting a perfectly good spot for paint the night. But in any case, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, waiting for parades. I mean, that's great. That's an intense system, though. Like, yeah. it's like trying to win the Hamilton lottery or something. Yeah. <laughs> and just the amount, but also just uh, to, to also to finish it, because it's such a unique, I'm not even sure I'd call it a parade. That's why I kind of call it an experience, because what happens is the parade starts just like it does at other parts. And then I think it starts in their version of Frontierland and then it goes through. And then when it gets to the the Main Street area, you know, where the castle is and where all the seating is. So, and, and there's there's a lot of picnic space there. So that's, so that's where all the seating is. So when it gets to there, it stops. And then like actors come out and they perform this like 20 minute show 
with and and with dancing and all sorts of songs that I couldn't tell you what happened in because they were all in Japanese and my Japanese was not that good at the time. So I really don't know what exactly. But there was there's a lot that goes on with that. So a lot of stuff is joined in it, and then they get on the the floats, and then the characters continue with the praise that goes on. So it's like they they've mushed together the parade and also the show, but that's why everyone sits because when they all are sitting in the picnic area and that's where the main scene is where you get the lottery for. And that's how, that's why you're all there because there's also a show and it's a parade. And also it is um, another one of those things where it's much more, again, this is a theme that you will see for, for a lot of reasons, but uh, basically the stuff in Asia is much more like what you would expect it's much more like like Halloween that an American would recognize rather than in Europe and, and, you know, et cetera. And so this, the Spooky Boo Parade, is really looks much more like a Halloween parade than a, a Harvest Parade. But let me just say, like, again, the costumes are incredible, but also just wacky. I mean, there's just wacky stuff. Like, there's there's a character that is, I think, supposed to be a crow's nest like not a crow, but like the nest of a crow. And like the crow is like on their head and in some cases following them around. I mean, it is like they have ghosts and th- that pop out and they have ghouls. I mean, it's just very, um, just, just such a very interesting thing in that area. Yeah. The thing that stood out to me as I was watching video of this is the song. And I don't remember yes, it. I can't, I, love it. I can't sing it back. But all I know is it's a hell of a lot better than Boo to you. To you, I, I know people love the Booty You Parade song. I love the Booty You Parade. That song is not my favorite. And the fact that they played at Disneyland Resort now just as like background music drives me crazy. This song and the Spooky Boo Parade was so catchy. Mm-hmm. And I realized why part of the reason I liked it so much is like, I think I know this song. It is very similar, or at least it gave me the feels of the song Revolting from the musical Matilda. Are you familiar mm, with this at all? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Do okay. you hear it when I say that? Yeah, it, I'm not, I guess. It, it doesn't sound yeah. like the same song, but it, it has yeah. the vibe. Go back and listen to both, and it totally has that vibe, and it has, like, in that song... Matilda is one of those musicals that is like far better than it has any right to be. At least the music yeah. is far better than I it agree. has any right to be. It's some of the catchiest yeah. music. By the way, it's coming a uh, movie version coming to Netflix this December. But uh, yeah, it just reminded me of that song, and it's such a catchy tune, and and I loved it. That was my favorite part watching the video. It was like this music is better than any of the Halloween music we have in the states. It well, again, it's newer too. It is really good. And to top all of this off, there's the kind of added things, little elements of the food game at Halloween in Tokyo is very high. And so Disney Tokyo, it's very high. They also, it's it's a cultural thing to, uh, it's, they're called omihages, but you're supposed to, if you go somewhere, like you go to Tokyo Disney for Halloween, you're supposed to like bring your friends little like gifts. And so they have a whole shop dedicated to this. And for Halloween, they have a bunch of like, very cute cookies like for your coffee that you can buy little gift boxes and they have a lot of like really 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 cute things that um i feel like would sell well here but but really are kind of only probably going to be in tokyo because of the culture and then of course because it is tokyo again to the cosplayers now this is another thing that's very unique about this is that the tokyo disney resort they encourage guests to come in costume every day hmm. How long do they celebrate? Do they do September, October or? 
So when I was there, it was only for the month plus a little bit, but okay. I think it has been extended um, since then. And the guest costume game is is like it's on point. I mean, and the other thing about it is that uh, people love the Spooky Boo Parade so much that cosplayers will come. They will hand make their own versions of the Spooky Boo of, of of the costumes in the parade, and so you'll see. And then they'll go and they'll watch the parade, and so then afterwards, uh, like regular other guests will like take pictures with the guests dressing dressed as the parade. It, it's crazy. Now, do they dissuade that? Because here in the states, no. if something like oh, that's interesting. Here in the states, they encourage I, it. I've seen people definitely do that in the states. And yeah. you, what do they give you a button or something that basically says I am not a, a licensed character? They don't have any like system for that. Wow. And in fact, when I was there, I actually was confused. A few of the people that I saw, I thought were part of the parade, and there was a meet and greet, and. Because there was a cast member there, and I thought that was the handler. It wasn't the handler. It's just so popular that there's cast members dedicated to forming lines for guests to take pictures with other guests. That is wild. All right. Because <laughs> I, I was like, they were like, here's my cosplay Instagram. And I'm like, wait, you're a cosplayer? <laughs> like the whole time I was in line, I thought it was a character meeting greet. And no, they're just a cosplayer. And I was like, this is some kind of wild. Um, but anyway... To hopping over to Disney Sea, it's very similar in terms of there's a lottery system and and the whole the whole mechanics are similar, and also the parade is similar except it's on water. So you have water floats that come out and they kind of they circle the bay, the bay there in Tokyo Disney Sea, and then at the halfway point they stop and go up to stages. They they dock at stages and characters come out and dance on the stages and then they get onto the ships and ride them out. And you said that one's called Festival of the Mystique. Is that correct? Festival of Mystique. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's another show that they do there called The Villain's World. I'm not sure if that was there when you were there. But this was cool because they had those things on the water that are like water propulsion. You know, it it looks like somebody's on a surfboard, but the water is propelling them into the air like, I don't know, 50 feet or something. Like, it's pretty high. And there's a lot of that as part of the show, which is really, really cool. That's called The Villain's World. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Tokyo Disney Sea is just such a special park. Even just watching video of it, I'm like, that backdrop of the volcano and that mm-hmm. Tower of Terror, it's just mm-hmm. stunning and just unlike anything else. I mean, truly unlike anything else. So, yeah. So, it's kind of cool that they're over there. They're celebrating in both parks. And mm-hmm. same thing, you would say very classic Halloween. Because that title, Festival of Mystique, doesn't feel super Halloween-y to me. But you're saying it's still classic pumpkins, ghosts sort of thing? Um, so it's classic pumpkin boat ghosts over at the Disneyland side. The Disney Seaside is a little bit more of the, I don't know how to, more like masquerade meets like Masquerade, paper faces on parade. That, that basically, that's right there. That is, uh, that's Festival Mystique. <laughs> I have been, can I just tell you, I've been listening to Phantom of the Opera every single day since the news that it's closing. I cannot get over this. That's a whole other podcast episode unrelated to Disney, but I just need you to know I cannot get over this. And you know this, you've been in my presence enough lately. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. to know that I just uh, break out into some Phantom of the Opera. So you're welcome for that, Phil. Well, of course. And it is, it is, uh, yeah, it's sad, um, but, you know, t- something about the state of where we are now with entertainment. Yeah. Sad, sad. All righty. So that's Tokyo. What comes after Tokyo for you? So we got three left. What comes after Tokyo? Next up for me is Walt Disney World Resort. Obviously, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. We're happy they came back this year. We're also surprised it came back this year. Um, and of course, the Hocus Pocus of Villains Spectacular stage show is, I think, the the gem of that whole event. And I think I've often said this. I've said this since it premiered, and 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 this is one of those shows where I'm actually happy they haven't changed the stage show out. Uh, even though sometimes they get grumpy that they don't uh, refresh things. What's it been like six or seven years at this point? It's been a while. But still, I mean, I mean, listen, with, with Hocus Pocus 2 having just come out, I don't think the show's going anywhere anytime soon. I was simply curious, were they going to update it? Were we going to get, you know, the witches are back as part of it or anything like that? But they didn't this year. Wouldn't be surprised if next year they do, though. It opened in 2015. So it's been seven years. Yeah. Minus one. because Or minus two. Minus two. Yeah, because last year it was the, the after hours event. Mm-hmm. But it, it is it is an incredible state show. I mean, it's just it's incredible. It also it just one of my pet peeves is when people make state shows for Halloween and they just kind of phone it in and like writing wise, you know, they're like they're like, oh, you know, Halloween pumpkins, blah, blah. They just kind of like but this show, it makes sense. Like it makes sense. It has nods into the Disney history. It's also I feel like it's very rewatchable there, there's quest I mean, it, it's like i just i love it i love it. maybe maybe i'm like maybe i'm like rose maybe i'm like t- tainted because i love hocus pocus so much but i do think that the writing in the stage show is phenomenal and that's what i think sets that apart as that gem i will like kind of preface this by saying i don't think that the other offerings at the not so scary halloween party are as good in my opinion, as a spectacular. Have you but. seen the newer Halloween show? Because I don't think I have the like the new projection one with Minnie. And I think the last time I was there was like the typical Halloween screams thing. If I'm remembering correctly, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've seen the new one in person, so I I can't really say my opinion on that. I like Booty You Parade, but yeah, no, by far at Walt Disney World, in my opinion, Hocus Pocus villain spectacular partially for the same reasons as you. I'm a huge fan of the movie. It was very exciting to see those characters in the park. I mean, to see a live production number of I Put a Spell on You is just thrilling. It's usually cast very, very well. It uses some nice projection effects. There's pyro. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. good dance numbers. Like, it's kind of, it hits all the marks. Um, Yeah. One thing that drives me a little crazy with the show for me and this is just because I'm a continuity freak. I don't like how we see characters in like more human form versus their mascot form. And it like, it just contradicts other times we see them in the parks or in parades and such. That's a me thing. I know I got to get over it. People are like, yes, Jeff, we've heard you say this a million times. Get over it. I'm still not over it. So <laughs> I will continue to share. But other than that, like, I love that show. I. At, more than once, I've gone to that party and seen that show multiple times. Usually catch the yep. first and the last of the night. Like, it's really, me really, too. really good. To me, it is the reason to go to the party. You know, like, there are people who will wait in two-hour lines to meet characters. I'm not doing that, but I'll sit for a long time and wait for the Hocus Pocus villain spectacular. 
I agree. I agree. And um, so if I'm looking at the list here, I think that is this, this puts it in my ranking as third, third best for the Walt Disney world resort because of the party. And I, I think so the thing is um, while I'm not individually impressed by any of the other elements that are part of Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, I do think that there's kind of like just enough that collectively it, it kind of puts it over into that because there's just so much. I mean, there's, you know, there's the trick or treating, there's the characters, you know, there's the food, there's the spectacular, there's the parade, there's the, the you know, there's the projections, there's the decorations, there's the music. There's some ride overlays. That's exactly it. And that's the, uh, that's the only place where I actually give them bonus points because they didn't start Mickey's not so scary Halloween party with the ride overlays. They kind of have tweaked them over the years. And I, that to me, give you get, whenever, people tweak events like that. I give them bonus points because it is, you know, it's, it's work to tweak them and the ride overlays are work. And I get this, a lot of people, my day job is in the industry. And, and a lot of people, I get this a lot where people are like, well, they should be doing this for every ride and blah, blah, blah. And, and let me just tell you that like, it really depends on the ride system, like the brains of the ride as to what you can do. And also on the County regulations, a lot of times, even if you're just changing certain things that, within the ride to small things, sometimes depending on, on the county that you're operating in, that triggers a whole reinspection of the ride. So you have to like some, some, some things are, are very complicated, even though they don't seem complicated in theory. And so that's why it's so impressive to me that for these ride overlays, you know, you're going to see pirates, you know, in Pirates of the Caribbean. I think those things are really cute. And also the, the random little exterior things that aren't ride overlays, but, you know, like the cadaver dance coming out and, you know, the ghosts that appear outside of the haunted mansion to just take pictures with people and interact with them. I think those are, those are nice, fun additions that aren't necessary for the event, but that help. Uh, the thing that you were talking about permits and such, does that affect them so much at Walt Disney world? Or is that part of the reason why we get them there? I think that's part of the reason that we get them there, but that might change, <laughs> you know, with, with some of the, the stuff that's still up in, in the air right now. But those are the kind of things that, um, that that's why the, the home rule thing is so important is for those types of things where, you know, if you're going to add in characters that are going to be walking on that bridge while boats are going through, you know, you, you need to, there, there's a lot of, there's regulations, there's safety requirements, there's, there's a lot of stuff you have to go through to prove that you can do that. And if you don't have counties that are working with you or that are slow to inspect that kind of stuff, it, it's impossible to get it approved for a seasonal event. One of the things that's really interesting about Walt Disney World is Magic Kingdom really is the hub for Halloween, mm -hmm. right? I'm not going to say mm -hmm. the other parks don't do anything, but the other parks do very little. I was trying to think and for each of the three other parks, I can't even think of a specific one thing that yeah. is like iconic Disney's Hollywood Studios Halloween or anything like that. And th that's the time of year I go. I'm always there September, October. So that's kind of interesting how little they actually do anywhere else. It is interesting in light of how much the other parks do for Christmas by comparison. Yes. You know, I think that's, and then the only thing I will say is, you know, we, we've heard for years and years and years, right, about how that Walt Disney World is a 
not a locals park. You know, it is a, a destination that people come to from all over. And I think that's usually the argument you will hear as to why they don't do a lot of Halloween decorating is that, you know, when, when you go, when, if people are visiting Walt Disney world, they want to do the things Walt Disney world are known for. They don't necessarily want to do Halloween stuff or to have their experience interrupted by something. So that, that, I mean, that's always the reason I hear when I ask people why they don't do haunted mansion holiday there is because people would be upset by it. Yeah. So it's interesting. So, okay, that's Walt Disney World. It lands on number three on your list. We're counting down. So that means we've got a two and a one. Who takes the place for number two? Number two, Hong Kong Disneyland. Hong Kong Disneyland. This is super unique. It's so unique. It's so unique. And just, it's just, it's so unique and also fantastic in just in, in every every way I, I guess also is fantastic because you know it's a much much smaller park and it also it's still in that phase where this fall season is a shoulder season right so there's not they're not reaching capacity every day in you know, like we are here so it's it's like it's just pleasant it's like how it was supposed to be where you can <laughs> go and you can get in lines you don't have any it, it's just you you show up and you have a good time and there's not a lot of the drama that comes with the other parks. I think that that that's that helps all these things. But in addition to that, there are very unique offerings there that well, first of all, of course, the iconic offering is the journey into Halloween Town, which is phenomenal. And this is, I think, the quintessential example of something that just cannot exist at any of the other parks due exactly to the capacity. Now, Journey into Halloween Town is a physical walkthrough experience you are walking into halloween town and they change it up they do change it up uh over the years when i went in 2019 they were doing the version where you walk through iconic scenes from the nightmare for christmas but you stop in the scenes and you listen to an actor and then you have to complete a task so it's like a mixed escape room kind of ish type of thing that is also a walkthrough and you just think about that the throughput is not very high. You're going in in groups of eight, right? So groups of eight through these actor experiences, that's just, and when I went there, I didn't have any sort of any special ticket or, you know, pass or anything. And the wait was only 45 minutes, which is crazy for a walk through theatrical experience of this nature. Um, also the fabrication is spot on and just like getting to go in and help Sally get, find frog's breath to add to her potion and, you know, to, to help get the, the bones for Dr. Finkelstein, help him make the reindeers and, you know, just to, to, to be there in the town hall meeting and to be voting for Jack's plan. I mean, it's just so, it's so cool. It's so cool to see the characters up close, to do these tasks with them, to talk to them and then to have this, it's, just, it's so fun. And plus also it's all in it, trilingual, you know, there the offerings are. So there is an English version of it, but the characters speak different languages. They speak Cantonese and they speak Mandarin. So it's incredible. Yeah, I had forgotten that this existed until I saw it on your list and then went and watched some video and I was like, this is incredible. Like this. It is incredible. It's basically, I mean, I hate to use the term haunted house because it's not a haunted house, but it's that. I think that's what we in America think of with this sort of thing that you walk into, you just walk through it. And yeah, it's really wild and super well done. And these characters that I feel like, especially like Oogie Boogie's in there, I don't know of many opportunities for like photo meet and greets with Oogie Boogie. And it seemed like that was part of this. 
my big question was, what is normally in this space? Oh, it's like a festival center. Okay. It's just an event center. Yeah. So it's like a, a catering space, I guess, or like an event center that then they they bring in and build this. And it's interesting that you say it's like a haunted house because do you know what, what the predecessor to this was? Was this that the haunted, like the scary castle It was an actual scary yeah. walkthrough. Hong Kong has a very interesting relationship with Halloween. And of course, you know, Hong Kong Disneyland uh, kind of launched – with already a big competitor in the market. And so that was from my reporting, um, having written a history of Halloween in Hong Kong um, and articles on that. That's from my understanding from the, from interviewing the people involved, that that was why they thought they had to do something scary was to compete really as, as a first year Halloween um, experience and to compete with someone who was doing scary nearby. And of course, quickly they pivoted into making it something much more Disney because it was, it was off brand, you know, to have something that was really a, like a haunt we would have here. I mean, an, a, a scary haunted attraction. Is this the park that used to have like the haunted house walks throughs where it would be like Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland and you'd have like the Mad Hatter in an insane asylum and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So they yeah. don't do that anymore. No, 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 no. So the the park is pivoted to being really all on brand. Their Halloween event is is I think very on brand, but still unique. I mean, the journey into Halloween Town is still a physical walkthrough through Halloween Town, but it is all you are helping them complete quests, and it's all happy and kid friendly. It's not scary at all, and also the characters have their integrity is maintained. You know, they're not doing things that are like kind of outside the the nature of the character, which I think was was a big problem with with the previous scary sides of it is that those are things the characters wouldn't really ever do. So that that was a big thing. The other big thing that that no pun intended steals the show at this event is the Let's Get Wicked stage show, which I think I would argue is on the level of Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular, if not better. It was much more expensive. I can tell you that <laughs> off the top. And it is, think of it kind of like festival, of the lion King, but villains. So let's get wicked is the name of the show. And it is a full show done in their theater there. And I, it really to me is created in the same style as festival of the lion King, where it's theater in the round. And like, a, and so like a sit down. Okay. Yes. You are brought in, you sit in areas and do you have plastic squares to to measure? <laughs> no, because this is Hong Kong. I so that I think kidding. I actually think that is another important thing to mention. I'm glad I kind of I know you were joking, but I'm glad you brought that up. Hong Kong is not really the same as mainland China, and it's very different from Japan. And also keep in mind that it it was a colony. So actually, the reason that they do these Halloween celebrations there is is really our. I mean, not us. Actually, yes, us directly because the 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 first commercial event. The first commercial theme park Halloween event was designed by U.S. designers, and that was because they already had a history of European involvement and theme park involvement. So, so all this is leading me to say that, like that, all this is is part of the story. Why why there's in, even performers performing in English at Hong Kong Disneyland? I mean, that's this is all part of the the larger picture of it, but it's an incredible show. It's an incredible show. You get to see numbers from mother Gothel and Dr. Facilier. I mean, they hold dance numbers where they have shadows and it's just, it's incredible. I especially like how mother Gothel, she takes someone from the audience and she like sits them in the chair and she kind of like walks and she does little, I mean, it's not over, but kind of like light seducing kind of <laughs> like, Oh, don't you think I'm, I'm young and beautiful. And, and, you know, kind of, it's, you know, 
but you got to understand that like in Hong Kong, it makes people very uncomfortable, even if it's just very light, you know? And so that was glorious to watch um, a young man just completely blushing because Mother Gothel was like, don't you think I'm gorgeous? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Well, okay. If Hong Kong's at number two on your list, that means the number one Disney Resort Halloween celebration for you goes to the Disneyland Resort. So it goes back to the OG Disney Resort and more specifically, I believe for you, Disney California Adventure. Correct. The redheaded stepchild of the Disneyland Resort. Yeah. And of course, that's because of Oogie Boogie Bash, Mm -hmm. which I, you know, we've talked about this and we will talk about it more, I'm sure, uh, this, this weekend. But it is a... It is an incredible event kind of from A to Z. And it's an event that also continues growing and changing and evolving. And and that that's that's key. I, I look at that in any event that I report on. You know, are you are you learning? Are you adjusting? And how and how are you doing that? And I think that uh Oogie Boogie Bash there, it's a very unique, great event, but they also are evolving the event. And I think honestly, and let me just I preface this like I think maybe if Hong Kong Disneyland were larger, I think they they would actually take the first spot for me because Let's Get Wicked is incredible and Journey to Halloween Town is incredible and the food is incredible and the decor is incredible and they have a stage show. I mean, they do a lot. They have a, a daytime parade. I mean, they do a lot. But Oogie Big Bash, it's a larger footprint. It's a more established park and, you know, it's it's longer. The event runtime is longer. So it's just – it is just larger and the, and, the, and the upkeep is still there. So that's kind of why I rank it first. And I think the most unique things about it, of course, are, in my opinion, the treat trails where you do get to have improv moments with the Disney villains. And that is still very unique. I mean, other than what we just talked about with Journey to Halloween Town, there really are not many other instances where you can directly improv with villains in that way. You just you get into the line, you can improv with them you can joke with them they talk to everybody they comment on your your costumes i mean it's 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 great it's fun i cannot believe that this system hasn't been picked up by walt disney world it is so effective and i'm such a fan of having the characters interact with you on the trigger treat trails because i am not the type of person to wait in line for photo and we all know how long those photo lines and listen those photo lines get long at oogie boogie bash as well but it's nice that there's this other option in case you don't want to do that and spend your whole night in line so i think it's phenomenal honestly I laugh my butt off when you get into a situation with like Sid from Toy Story. Yeah. He is hilarious, just like pestering you in this line and being a bratty little kid. And I've had to, Agatha is a blast to interact with. Even mm-hmm. Maleficent, she just gets so yeah. snarky. I love it. They're brilliant. Yeah, they yeah. really are. And and it's a tough gig because if you get somebody who doesn't want to keep moving and keep talking to you, you got to like interact with this person. But mm-hmm. I will say my favorite thing at Disney California Adventure and Disneyland Resort as a whole for Halloween has to go to Villains Grove. I am obsessed with Villains Grove at Oogie Boogie Bash. This is something – it's so funny because when I experience it, I'm like, how can anybody not enjoy this? This is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I have found that it's very – split. You either love Villains Grove or you just don't get it. And it is 
And I, I do get that when I think about it, because it is, it's not in your face, right? Like, it's called Villain's Grove, and if you're keeping your ears open and your eyes open, you'll experience the villains. But if you're just walking mm-hmm. and expecting to see a mascot character, you're not going to get that. And to me, it's, I mean, it's honestly like a spiritual experience. I've said it before. It's it's unbelievable, that Villain's Grove area. I love it. It was the one thing that saved the party for me when it moved from Disneyland, because I will say, so unlike Walt Disney World Resort, where it's mainly just Magic Kingdom, at Disneyland Resort, there's a ton of Halloween and Disney California Adventure and a ton at Disneyland Resort. And the thing I loved at the Halloween party at Disneyland that I was like, they're never going to be able to recreate anything like this at DCA is the Rivers of America at nighttime with yep. the fog and that mood lighting. Mm-hmm. It is stunningly beautiful. And I would say they even surpassed that with Villains Grove. So, yeah. And so, yeah. I actually do not like Villains Grove. You're not a fan. I'm on the, wow. I am not a fan. And I, I think there's, thinking about it, there's two things I think that make me not, not as impressed. It's not like I, I, I've gone every year. I wait till the end of the night to go at the, when the line is the shortest. But the two things that don't, that just, I think that contribute to it. One, to me, it seems like maybe like a, a poor substitute for journey into Halloween town. And, and that's, that's just me because I've been through all journey into Halloween town. I'm like, I would prefer that over villains Grove. I don't and think two, they're comparable. I really don't. Well, yeah, one's an outside venue and one's like a event center and one has fabrication and one's just a light show, but, and one's character driven and this one, and you know, it, but in any case, continue. I, I do think that it's really, it's just a light show. I, I, I think having worked with the firm that installed it and designed it, you know, in, in my day job and having done light shows, I, to me, it seems more like a Christmas experience. <laughs> like it just, it, it seems to me like something that I could get somewhere else and have gotten better experiences, other places with lighting design. It's not an impressive lighting design package or an impressive protection package in my opinion. And it also feels like it's a Christmas type thing. And the third thing is I, I, it doesn't feel uniquely Disney to me. I think that's the problem if I were to underscore it. I disagree with everything you just said. I really Yay! do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we couldn't go through a whole episode agree- in agreement. That would just be boring. No, I, I really do. I, I First of all, I think that it – in fact, I know. But this, so long story short, by the time this episode is released, I will have had the panel that I produced in Oogie Boogie Afternoon with the creators of Oogie Boogie Bash. But the way I met Jordan Peterson – the, the guy who created and show directs Oogie Boogie Bash was I did an episode on Oogie Boogie Bash um, for the podcast and I was raving about Villains Grove. And one of the things that I said in the episode was I would be shocked if whoever worked on this wasn't greatly inspired by Descanso Gardens Enchantment of yeah. Light or whatever their Christmas show is called. And he reached Enchanted. Enchanted. Thank you. He reached out to me and was like, you're right. That was a huge inspiration. So, yes, there is like – but even even Enchanted is not Christmas lights in the traditional sense. It's more theatrical lighting than Christmas lights. And even Enchanted is not even – Enchanted takes inspiration from a lot of older things. Yeah, like Illumination. I mean, I've done a whole series of articles on these types of light shows. And so I, I've studied them. And that's not to say I should be thankful to Villains Grove because they use our fixtures. I mean, there's our, our stuff is in there. I mean, so it's great. I should be like, thank you for um, being a, a happy customer. I think but that, I'm <laughs> listen, I think the mix of that lighting, the mix of the music, anytime you work Hellfire into 
mm-hmm. the Disney parks, I'm happy. But also, like, I love the whispers of the villains, where you just get, like, this echoey, whispery, but also screaming, off with their head, and stuff like that. And just these, like, pixie pixels forming the shapes of villains. And it's just, like, subtle, but not too subtle. And then the use of fog, some of the best use of fog I've ever seen in my life. One of my, I love fog. I'm obsessed with fog. But I can't stand... And I get that this is a necessity at a lot of Halloween events, but I can't stand it when you're at a Halloween event and all you hear is that tss of a fog machine blowing out fog. <laughs> Villains Grove, you don't get that unless they want it. At the Lion King section, they want those bursts yeah. like yeah, that. They but, do. Yeah, they do. But like otherwise, when you're walking through, it's just the mood. Like the fog machines are far enough away and just being pumped in through tubes that it – it's some of the best use of fog I've ever seen in a theme park in my life. And I'm I'm obsessed. We could do a whole episode on Villains Grove. I won't make you do that. But um, no, I love it. So Villains Grove, for me, is my favorite part of Halloween at Disneyland Resort. But one thing I want to say before we get to some trivia here is I was talking uh, to the producer of Oogie Boogie Bash to prep for the event. And one thing we started talking about was how much... Disney California Adventure leans into what I call green and purple Halloween, which is a Mm. very different vibe from black and orange Halloween. And they, you know, partially, I think, Oogie Boogie naturally lends itself to that. But they also made a decided choice to do that because they consider Disneyland to be black and orange. So they look at Disneyland as black and orange Halloween and DCA as purple green halloween and i find that to be super interesting anyway this is a fun conversation everybody learned from uh listening to this that you have written an article about everything apparently and mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for sharing your wisdom uh about the disney parks around the world during halloween but now let's hop into some trivia do you know the answer get your brain gears churning and play along it's trivia time Alrighty, Phil, before we jump into trivia, I want to remind folks that if they happen to be fans of Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, they'll just love the scented candles and wax melts over at Souvenir Scents that smell just like the haunted houses. Candles like Halloween Horror Scarecrow, Puppets and Dolls, Pumpkin Lord, and so much more are all available. And don't forget that DCTC listeners save 15% simply by using discount code DCTC when checking out. So click on the Souvenir Sense link in this episode's description to check out everything available, and don't forget to use discount code DCTC. Now, Phil, do you want to hit me with a trivia question first, or shall I hit you? You hit me first. Alrighty. Well, I want to know, how much does the giant Mickey pumpkin weigh in Disneyland's Town Square? I should have foreseen this question, because I feel like I feel like they talked about it on that that TV special, like the, the holiday TV special where they, they show all the... So I don't know the answer. Take a guess. So, How much do you think it weighs? 15,000 pounds. 15,000 pounds. That's quite heavy. It's 3,400 pounds. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's 12 feet That's tall it. and 14 feet wide, ear to ear. But uh, additional question. So if it weighs 3,400 pounds, does it weigh more or less than the largest pumpkin ever recorded? I feel like the fact that you're even asking the question would lend itself to be like, <laughs> so I guess I'm going to go with less. It weighs less. It weighs more. Tuscan farmer Stefano Cutrupi grew the largest pumpkin ever recorded, weighing 2,707 pounds. So 
the Disneyland one weighs considerably more, but uh, still, that's pretty huge for a real pumpkin. That's huge. That's huge. My gosh. Alrighty, what's your trivia for me? Okay, I'm going to give you an easy one. Uh, in which year did Hong Kong Disneyland begin celebrating Halloween? That's not easy. I, I knew the minute you said it, I'm going to give you an easy one. It wasn't going to be easy. I'm going to guess 2006. Wow, you're right. Wow, you got it. Yes, you I did. figured it, they. I figured they wouldn't do it opening year. No, that was the so, year after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in Hong Kong, you know, the the two major parks with Ocean Park and Disneyland, and Ocean Park was there first, and they'd been celebrating Halloween since 2001, and so they were kind of known as the park that brought Halloween to Asia. It was this very large event, and so when Disney started in 2006, I was part of the the reasoning behind waiting a little bit is, you know, it had to be good enough to compete basically in that market. Um, and I guess we've talked about that kind of drove some of the decisions behind uh, trying out these different uh, tactics for how to differentiate themselves against an entrenched competitor with already a big Halloween name. So very cool. Very cool. Well, Phil, thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything I, I already know the answer to this, but is there anything you want to plug before you get going here? <laughs> so, uh, if, if uh, listeners would like, uh, I also do a podcast, and right now we are doing daily episodes. We're counting down to Halloween with our 61-day Haunt-a-thon, where we are visiting a different haunted house every day. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. You can search for the Just Haunted Attraction Network, or you can go to our website at haunt.news. That's our podcast website, and all of our show links are there. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of work to do a daily show, but I'm very excited because we get to experience haunted houses from all over the world, not just here in America. So you get to hear all about how Halloween is uh, separate uh, celebrated in different cultures as you know. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Phil. Really appreciate it. Bye. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Don't miss any future episodes by subscribing and following Disney with a Z coast to coast on your favorite podcast app. This episode has been executive produced by Mackenzie Jalen Arnold. Gain rewards like Mackenzie, including access to never-before-heard episodes and livestream Q&As, by visiting the Patreon link in this episode's description. And don't forget that I'll be matching 100% of your first month subscription to the New York Restoration Project for all new patrons joining this month, October of 2022. Basically, anything you need can be found in this episode's description, from additional information and links discussed in this episode found in the show notes, to the DCTC hotline where you can leave a voicemail and be heard on a future episode, access to the show's official website, some free gifts from me to you, and so much more. So be sure to check out this episode's description. Other than that, folks, have a magical day. Bye! Thanks for listening to Disney Coast to Coast! Have a magical day! <laughs> Disney Coast to Coast is produced and hosted by Jeff DePauly. Learn more about the podcast and become a supporter at DisneyCoastToCoast.com. This podcast is part of the DePodcast Network. Learn more about this show, plus find more quality and entertaining podcasts at DePodcastNetwork.com. That's D-E-PodcastNetwork.com. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas.
We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts, videos, and events in our 61-day Hauntathon. Follow along at the link in our show notes. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. That's gantam.com demo. Our Hauntathon team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Our partners for this year's Hauntathon include Sharp Productions, HorrorBuzz.com, ScareTrack, TheScareFactor.com, and Hauntopic Radio. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at HauntedAttractionNetwork.com. We'll catch you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.